It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Nick Vaughn is a quilt pattern designer from Perth, Australia, with a passion for hand-piecing and vintage quilt blocks. She discovered her life's passion late in life. That hasn't kept her from stepping out and putting her designs out there with a good dash of shyness and trepidation, but also a dollop of courage. Nick's business has quite the catchy name, Craftapalooza Designs. Nick, thanks so much for joining me on A Quilter's Life. Thanks for having me. Let's start with where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in the northern suburbs of Perth, Western Australia, in Australia. Cool. So, yeah, it's the west coast of Australia. So I think it's named the most isolated city in the world. I think it is. That's interesting. An isolated mm. city, not just the town. <laughs> no, no, it's a city. Neat. Do you have a special childhood memory? I do, actually. I do remember we used to spend Christmas holidays because my parents worked with one of my grandmothers and she was a bit eccentric. So she used to walk us to the corner shop in her morning nighty, and we'd get fresh bread and then we'd come back in the mornings and have, it's hilarious, she'd be like making toast and tea. Like she was like old school teapot and teacups. And so we'd have toast and tea and she'd teach us how to play poker. She was hilarious. So I love that with her. And she probably created my continued love for tea now. It's my daily drink. So, yeah, that's probably one of the fondest things I can remember because she was quite funny and not your typical grandmother, I guess. How fun. And it's so neat that you could have such a neat relationship with your grandmother. Yeah, it was. It was hilarious. She was definitely different, but I probably didn't realize how different until... Well, I guess I could compare it to my other grandparents because she was definitely different to them. <laughs> she was fun. <laughs> well, I always say I'm a bit jealous because I didn't get to know my grandparents. So I think that is so cool. Yeah, she was. She was good. Since you mentioned tea, I want to ask, do you have a favorite tea? Yes, I do. It's not very exciting. Well, there's probably two. English breakfast tea is what I drink all day. And then if I'm out and someone brews like chai tea in the pot, so they steam it and do that properly, I'll be all over that. I do keep some honey-soaked chai here at home and I do make myself one occasionally, but I'm mostly a tea bag girl because I'm just lazy, but I do have fetching of teapots in China. And so, yes, English breakfast tea is absolutely my favourite tea. (laughs) (laughs) And is tea just as popular in Australia as it is in England? Well, we have a lot of what we would call expat British here in Australia. In Perth, we do have a big British population as well. But I'd say it's probably more of a coffee culture here in Australia. It's definitely a coffee culture for sure, like flat whites and cappuccinos and all that. And I've never been a coffee drinker. I just can't drink it. My partner drinks coffee. I never have trouble getting tea. But often it's amazing how terrible someone can make a cup of tea sometimes. I'm like, it's much easier than coffee. How can you do this so badly? My partner will see my face, she's like, is it bad? I'm like, oh, it's like dirty dishwater. It's so funny. 
But yeah, it's definitely a coffee culture, I would say, rather than a tea culture for sure. But yeah, I don't care. I'll drink my tea. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell me about your employment other than your quilting job? Yeah, for sure. So I finished uh, what we call high school here in Australia at the age of 16. I didn't finish my last year and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I actually went to what we would call secretary school. That's how old I am. So it was over 30 years ago now. I did that and I worked in various corporate businesses for years, but I was always very creative but didn't really realise. I didn't grow up in a creative family. There were no quilters or sewers in my family really. Then I managed to progress across to working in graphic design studios. So I started working in print production and got into just on-the-job learning and was basically a production manager for years. I did that. And then I progressed to working into social media. Before I did that, I managed a CrossFit gym for eight years, which was hilarious. I really enjoyed that. It was a small business. And then, yeah, then I moved across to social media. And then from there it was like, oh, I've only been quilting 15-ish years, so it was always like, could I be a designer? And then I was like, I don't know if I can do this. So, yeah, the last two years is probably what I would call my concerted effort to make this a business. Yeah, actually probably just pre-COVID, so three-plus years. Yeah, so that's where I basically, so I guess I've always been slightly creative but never really dove into it into my adulthood really. So you were born in Perth. Did you move away and come back or have you been there the whole time? In my 20s, I moved to London for about 18 months with a partner at the time. And then I came back to Perth for a couple of years and then I moved to Melbourne for three years, which is an eastern state over in Australia. I stayed there for about three years and then I've been back in Perth ever since. And I'm and also in kind of the same area, the northern suburbs, sort of beach, coastal that's where I've sort of stayed. Yes. So yes, I am still in Perth. (laughs) Besides quilting, are there other crafts that you do? Yes, I do. I knit, crochet and embroidery, not at the same time. So I like to knit. I do tend to have a couple of whips going at the same time. I tended to crochet. Crochet these days tends to be I crochet my own dishcloths because they last forever. So I crochet those. And I do love embroidery, yeah. So basically any handwork, I do love that kind of repetitive sort of, which is probably why I like patchwork. But, yeah, those are probably the main three. So your embroidery is hand embroidery and not necessarily machine embroidery. Definitely hand embroidery. I'm not allergic to sewing machines, but I have found, and it's probably my personality, that I do not enjoy it at all sewing a full patchwork quilt on the machine. I'll do it. Like I have designed some designs, well, there's one that's in particular that lends itself to machine piecing and I've sewn it on the machine, but it's not how I like to spend my time so creating. So I'm not anti-sewing machine by any means because I will often piece a whole quilt and hand piece it and then machine piece the top together. So, so yeah, definitely hand embroidery, not machine embroidery. I just don't have, it's weird. I don't have the patience. I will sit there and hand piece a queen-size quilt But if I have to machine piece it, I'm impatient. (laughs) (laughs) How about other hobbies? Yes, I love to go to the movies with my partner. It's probably one of the few things these days uh, where I completely can switch off my brain. So actually going to the cinema and just sitting there enjoying the movies and cooking. I'm not a gardener, even though we have a fairly decent garden. I'm definitely not a gardener. 
So you're probably, and I try and hit the gym once a week at least. We have personal training on a Friday night with a PT. And uh, people are like, Friday night? I'm like, yeah, I'm an old lady now. I'd rather be at the gym on a Friday night than out anywhere else. So I really enjoy that. It's mainly so when I fall over as an old lady, I don't break any bones. I've still got some bone tears. <laughs> but movies are definitely the biggest one, especially these days with phones and technology. You know, you can be watching TV and still on your phone and all that sort of junk, which I do. Movies is probably the biggest one for me. It's like I don't care these days and I don't even care what's on. I'm like, I just need to go to the movies and like not have anything else happening. <laughs> do you have a preferred genre of movies? Probably the biggest escapism as possible. I do love comedies, of course, but I do love like superhero type escapism. I just went and saw Avatar 3. Three hours was long, but probably, yeah, that's sort of anything that's not real is sort of the most fun because it's like it's creative and it's just like I love Baz Luhrmann films. Like he, I don't know if you saw Elvis, but it was amazing by Australian um, director Baz Luhrmann and I just love his style of filmmaking. It's crazy and the costuming by his partner is amazing. So I like that sort of stuff, over-the-top movies. (laughs) Now, do any of your hobbies or other crafts show up in your quilting? Not yet, but I do want to do a quilt. I've got one swimming around in my head, a quilt design, including embroidery with patchwork. So that would definitely happen in the future. I just haven't done it yet, but yeah, not yet. Tell me about who introduced you to quilting. Well, I think I was always aware of patchwork and quilting and I started a craft blog about over 20 years ago now when blogging was very new and not many bloggers were in Australia. And so I had a very generalised craft blog and I was really interested in patchwork. I was quite intimidated by it and how it happened. Probably it was to do with the sewing machine, how I didn't love spending time because I'd sewn some garments. So I think what came first for me was collecting patchwork fabrics and then I came into patchwork. And then I went to a craft show here in Perth. It's like the Craft and Quilt Fair. It's probably one of the bigger ones in every year. And I ran into Jen Kingwell. And if you know Jen, she's a famous Australian patchworker and designer. And I saw her quilts and met her and I just fell in love. I was like, oh, yeah. So I actually signed up to her bomb green tea and sweet beans and I was a very new quilter. And if you look at that quilt, you go, oh, my God, that's not a beginner's quilt. <laughs> so it was like a baptism of fire for me, but I loved it, but it was crazy. I had, you know, like applique and curved seams and part set. It had, it had everything. <laughs> and so I just dove in and just tried. And, like, I actually still haven't finished it to this day. More so I finished all the blocks, but it's just I haven't gone back to it, but I will. And I look at some of that work, but it's just a reminder of your progression more than anything. Like people get embarrassed about past work. I'm like, no, it's just your progression. Like you have to be a beginner at some point. And like, so people see people's Instagram finish stuff and think it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but they didn't start out like that. Anyhow, tangent. But yes, Jen Kingwell's work just definitely inspired me. And whether it's a quilt you made or you saw somewhere, do you have a favorite quilt? It is like asking me to choose one of my favourite fur babies, but I actually don't know that I have a favourite all time. I do love the look and feel of vintage quilts. And just because some of those blocks, are, you know, you look at them and you go, how did they piece that? Like, And it's obviously pieced by hand because they didn't have machines. And so I probably I do look at a lot of vintage quilts for inspiration. I don't really have a favourite. I just don't. Yeah, too often you see something and you, yeah, I, I like, yeah, I don't have one favourite. 
I'm intrigued and I would love to do a wedding ring quilt. I just haven't gotten there yet. There's things like that, like those sorts of quilts. You go, I'm going to do those that one day sort of thing. But no, I don't have a favourite. Yeah, that wedding ring is on my list too, but it's going to be a while. (laughs) How about a tool that you're so happy that you have? I have a very good sewing machine, which is about 10 years old now. So I think for me having, if you are going to sew patchwork, buying the best machine that you can is probably going to give you the least frustration. So that sort of thing is important. But, well, when I say important, it's important to you as it's important to you. But I think my quarter-inch ruler is what I would use a lot of because obviously if I'm hand-piecing, I'm cutting out templates and then tracing, adding on seam allowances and stuff like that. So probably my quarter-inch ruler would be the biggest one. I don't have to use a lot of tools. I don't use thimbles. Having the right needle and thread is important to me. The thread that I like and the needle that I like, like people ask for recommendations. I'm like, use what feels the best for you in your hands. And I will try out different needles and threads all the time to see, you know, what's out there and how it feels. So I think that's probably it is that. And I'm lucky to be able to do that. Yeah. Now, I have not hand-pieced a quilt top or patchwork. So you mentioned you draw the quarter-inch line on there? So there's... Two ways of doing it. Some people love to get like acrylic templates. So often, not always, but often quilt hand piece designs, template driven, because you can use any pretty much any sort of shape. You know, it doesn't have to be rotary cut. So if you are using templates, there's two ways to do it. So a lot of templates come with the seam allowance added on already. So you would trace the whole shape and then you would mark the seam corners and add the seam internally. I prefer to trace the native shape without the seam allowance because that's my true shape and then add the quarter inch. So I would just, yeah, trace the shape, and then I would just use my quarter inch ruler to add the quarter inch. So I've got my true shape. There are, I know there are hand pieces out there that can eyeball a quarter inch. I just don't trust myself. (laughs) (laughs) And I know sort of probably in today's world, hand piecing sounds counterintuitive because why would you when you can machine piece? I guess I'm not in any rush, and I don't think it's as slow as people think either. And I think it's just a different process and a different way of approaching something. Both ways have their merits, of course. So like I said, I'm not anti-sewing machine. I just prefer just piece by hand. I will sit there, like I said, and just I'll cut out a couple hundred blocks. It won't bother me by hand and then start piecing. I would think it would be kind of nice to be able to work on that almost anywhere because you can't just take your machine with you anywhere. Absolutely. It's totally portable. And that's what I also love about it. It's portable and it's social. I don't have to have the machine with me. I can take it anywhere. So if I am on a deadline, I can take it in the car if I need to or wherever I'm going. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's really awesome. Now, there's so many steps to our quilting process. Do you like each step along the way or look forward to some parts and dread other parts? I do love it all. Probably choosing fabric and playing with pattern and print and colour is probably one of my favourite parts. And I actually do love hand finishing the binding. I don't care how anyone else does it, but I just love, like, once you've machined, attached the binding, I love flipping it over and then hand finishing it. That's probably one of my favourite parts, which is kind of weird, but that's what I definitely do enjoy about it. I guess it's the end, so that's why I'm enjoying it. But, yeah, I just like that finishing off. That's my favourite part. Can you share your worst quilting experience? I was thinking about this 
And I don't know that I've had one. It doesn't mean I haven't had frustrations. Absolutely, I've had frustrations. It could be being in Australia and being less exposed to groups of patchwork workers because I'm not a group patchwork sewer. I'm not in a guild. I'm not anti-guild or anti-group. It's just I'm quite happy in my own space piecing myself. So I haven't had a lot of negative feedback from that regard, I guess, if that's how you could happen. Sure, there's been times I've been frustrated with what's happening like when I'm sewing something or when it's not gone how I thought, but it's like, okay, well, that didn't work. What's next sort of thing? So, yeah, no, touch wood, I haven't had a yet. haven't had a really bad one. <laughs> so with hand sewing, you're not as likely to put a needle through your finger, right? Yeah, I do stab myself frequently. Whether that be if I'm pinning something or if I, yes, but no, that's less of an injury than putting a needle through your finger. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm curious, why do we as quilters want to quilt? So why do you think you quilt rather than spend your time doing embroidery or something else? Yeah, that's interesting. Because when you look at quilts, at first as a beginner, they can be so overwhelming. It's like, where do I start? Like, how does that work? And why would you do that? Why would you cut up perfectly good fabric and stitch it back together? So for me, it's playing with fabric. Fabric is probably what comes first for me. That's what I, I love about it. So that's probably why I started stayed with that rather than knitting and crochet embroidery. I just love fabric. It's absolutely not just fabric, but print and design and colour. And there's so many options out there these days. So that's absolutely, and textures these days with wovens and sparkles. I love sparkles, so I love using metallics. I'm, I'm like a magpie. I'm drawn to um, sparkles and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'd say it's fabric. Well, yeah, and then watching it come together, you go, you choose a colour palette and then you go, okay, was well, this going to work? And then you do a leap of faith and put it together and go, okay, yep, that worked. So it's kind of that. Neat. Who do you usually make your quilts for? Well, for my immediate partner and myself and friends and family, that's probably it mainly. But I do have a cat that likes to eat textiles. So I actually, unfortunately, she's a rotten monkey. So she's, I think because she was taken from her mum early and we rescued her, she's not a traditional kneader. She's a bite and puller. So she bites, pulls holes in things. So I have to keep her away from quilts. So as much as I'd love to have lots of quilts over beds here, I've got to supervise her because she's a pain in the butt. So probably my immediate family and friends. And also I make them just for the sake of it because I can't not. It's just a compulsion. I have to make them. That's great. So what are you working on right now? Everything. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So I try really hard this year. I'm like, I would have planned this out. And so I've given myself a mantra for this year, which is stay the course. Because I get shiny thing syndrome, you know. So so at the moment I'm getting my next group of block of the month starting for February. So they're ready to go in February the 1st. That's chocolate block, which I ran last year. And now I'm going to start frantically making my next bond, which will kick off June-ish, which is going to be made a lot of applique and hand piecing. And so there's that. And I launched a new product last year called the Patchwork Calendar. And basically you bought the calendar and you got also a PDF of all the designs in the calendar and it was a collaboration with other designers. So I'm going to be doing that again this year and 
just some tweaks to that. So I'm planning or when I'm going to sort of launch and think about that. So I'm doing that. And there's other stuff, but that's the main stuff at the moment. That's a lot. It is. <laughs> 2023 should be a great year for you. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Please share a quilting tip. I think learn the basics. So if you're a new patchwork in particular, learn the basics. So if you're not sure where to learn the basics, find a quilt shop or an online resource and learn the basics. And then sew what you love. I can give you all the technical tips in the world, but sew what you love. Don't sew because that's what you think you should sew or literally just sew the quilts and use the fabric that you love, that you enjoy sewing with. That's why we do it is because we love patchwork and quilting and we love it. So, yeah, my biggest tip would be, yeah, absolutely, just work out what you love and sew, sew quilts that you that make you love to make. I'm picturing what I'm anxious to get going on with you saying that. So, yes. <laughs> Describe how you went from having quilting as your hobby to it becoming a business for you. Yeah. So that was a big mindset thing for me. It's that imposter thing. I feel, and I think but sometimes, not always, it can be a female thing and taking yourself, not seriously, but, you know, taking yourself seriously and treating it like a business. And I was really fortunate. I connected with some other Australian patchworkers designers, Angie from No Mangel, Christy from Quiet Play and Lauren from Molly and Mama. And we all connected around COVID time somehow online and we became like a mentor group for each other. And they already had established businesses, successful businesses, and they were really kind to me and took me under their wing. So that really helped propel me forward to be feeling more legitimate and treat it more legitimately and they gave me opportunities and helped me with things. So I was super appreciative for that. It definitely helped me for sure because, I mean, being a solopreneur and working from home, it's easy to get caught up in your own hamster wheel. So that's sort of how I think for me it's sort of, and it's a constant evolving thing and it's a constant evaluation of, you know, is this going to be, can I continue this? Can I, you know, will this be sustainable? Will this be something that can feed me and my partner and pay the mortgage and all that sort of stuff? But at the end of the day, that comes down to me and the amount of effort I think that I put in and, and, you know, the connections I can make. There's a lot to business. I think more than what some people realize. Share the name of your business and tell me how you came up with that name. So Palooza was my original blogging name and it's what I had had on socials for years and I guess it was what I was minimally known for. So I decided to keep it, but I've added the word designs because it doesn't sound cruelty at all. I don't know if that's where I will stay, but that's where I'm at now with it. So I guess at the time I was into all sorts of crafts, so Palooza, and I've just sort of stayed with it. I don't know that it reflects a quilting business, but... I'll leave it for now and see how I go. <laughs> Do you remember why you chose that name back then? I think because I wasn't interested in just one thing and I was starting my blog at the time. So, I, okay, I'm into everything, which I was. I'm not anymore. And so, yeah, I don't know. Just sort of, And I wanted it to be one word and I didn't want it to be my name. So, yeah, it was back in the days when you could get a .com you could get your domain, which these days it's a lot harder these days, so hard. 
unless it's named after yourself. So it's probably that, that, yeah. And I think maybe Lollapalooza, which I think was a music festival, was around back then. I don't know if it still is now. So maybe I riffed off that, maybe. Now you've made some patterns. What was it like when that first pattern sold? Well, actually, my apple pincushion pattern was my first pattern over 10 years ago. And I remember the time of being fun. I don't know. I can't remember much about that, actually. But recently, I work on socials for Make Modern magazine. They're an Australian online digital patchwork magazine. And they were like, oh, so Nick, when are you going to submit a design? And I was like, oh. So they probably pushed me into where my brain wasn't quite ready yet, which was awesome. So it's called Monochrome Peel, and it's definitely a vintage Peter to Pay Paul block. So seeing that imprint was fabulous. And then from there, Chocker Block was probably the next design. And I bit off a huge, it's a huge quilt as far as it's got like 16 blocks and it's like 93 inches. It's a monster. And I love it. But I bit that off last year for a block of the month. So seeing that come out last year and people participating has probably been the biggest thrill and helping people choose fabrics. Like I said to anyone, if you're not sure, because I'm a scrappy quilter, so often my fabric recommendations are it'll be more based on scrap quilts. So it'll be like, you know, you want about 100 prints, that eight size, go for gold, more is better. So, But I had some people, I don't know what to do, and I'm like, well, okay, send me a photo of your fabrics because obviously I'm in Australia, but they were wherever they were in the world. And let's have a look and we'll have a chat. So I did that for a few of them and actually they said that was really helpful. So I was like, okay, good. I can offer some value to them and help them also love what they're making. So, you know, you have people say, you know, oh, it's not as pretty as yours or whatever. I'm going, well, are you happy with how that looks? Is that what you want it to look? Yes, it is. I'm like, it doesn't matter what it looks like to anyone else. It's just so, like, again, so what you love. I think there's too much judgment often. I think social media breeds that to a degree. It's like that comparison thing we all do. So I was just like, so what you love? Not, would I, I wouldn't say it to the person, but would I choose those fabrics? No, I wouldn't choose those fabrics, but I'm not sewing the quilt. You're sewing the quilt. So if you're happy with that, that's fine. And so if I could have had a couple of opportunities to help people, and I was, I was, I was like, okay, so that can be helpful. Because sometimes it's like, you know, they talk about how are you serving and helping people? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a quilt pattern designer. <laughs> How does that service anyone? But then I take for granted, you know, I don't have any trouble choosing colours or patterns or putting things together and it doesn't scare me. I'm like, let's try it. Let's see what it looks like. So that's probably been the biggest thrill is like, yeah, people sewing it and enjoying it and that sort of thing. It is exciting when you see people making a decision and going with it because you were able to help them. So you design a quilt pattern in... You had your block of the month. What was it like seeing their quilts come together and knowing you had originally designed that, but they chose the fabrics and then made it in their way? What was that like? It's awesome. I remember messaging my mentor crew going, oh, my gosh, look at this. Like, that's amazing. Look what someone's done. And I shared a lot on my Instagram and in my newsletter participants' blocks and stuff like that because I think it's a buzz, you know, when someone shares your work. So, and there were so many great blocks and stuff. And it was like awesome. I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. That was a great idea. So, it's such a great thing to see. It's so cool. It's one of the best things about it to see someone enjoying it and I'm um, having fun with it. So, that's probably the best part. It's a great feeling. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, was your pattern easily recognized or did you have to take a second look and think, oh, that is my pattern. 
is easily recognised. I used quite a few vintage quilt blocks and ones, I guess, at first glance you wouldn't think about them when you have to go put them together. It's obvious that they lend themselves more to hand piecing, whether they had Y seams or partial seams or probably a lot of Y seams, which I didn't even think twice about because when you're a hand piece, you're not sewing into the seam allowance so you can pivot a seam really easily and that sort of stuff, which you can do on a sewing machine. It just I haven't taught myself how to do it, but you still need to mark seam allowances just to know where to stop. So probably, yeah, that was very recognisable because the blocks were quite unique. And I tweaked some of the vintage blocks. I just love the way they look. I think they're quite whimsical often. And again, like, not that you're restricted by a rotary cutter and a ruler, but some patchwork, you know, you need a ruler and a rotary cutter because you want it to be perfectly square. I think when you're hand piecing, you can get away with it being a little bit more organic and it being a little bit more fluid. So I kind of, yeah, it, they were recognisable blocks for sure. It was great. Cool. You have such a passion for hand piecing and vintage quilt blocks. Does that make your patterns different from others or how does that show up in your patterns? I'm drawn to vintage blocks because I don't find them restrictive. Often you look at them and go, how did they put that together? And then I look at a block and you start to pull it apart with your brain. You go, okay, that's seam. That's how you do that. That's how you do that. So that's probably what I'm drawn to vintage blocks is that they weren't sewn on sewing machines. So they often are a little bit more detailed or a little bit more unusual. And that's probably what I like about them. And I do think they are more whimsical, not always, but often. And I don't know, they just have a certain feel and look. Maybe I'm making it up in my brain, but I just really like them. (laughs) And yeah, I just, yeah, I love the look at them and the feel. Yeah, and I think that they're modern still. Like, I guess I'm not caught up on a modern contemporary or vintage look or vibe, like what a modern quilter is. I don't know. I would call myself a modern quilter, but even though I handpiece, I don't identify as anything. I just like to sew patchwork, basically. (laughs) It's so neat. I'm looking forward to seeing the pictures of your quilt. Anything else about your business you want to share with us? Yes. If you're interested in learning more, you sign up to my newsletter, The Scrappy Digest, where I talk about all things patchwork quilting and interesting things that I've seen out in the in the world. It's not just about patchwork. And I will be doing more online learning, teaching around hand piecing and trying to bring people to the dark side of hand piecing so they come and say quilts with me. So I'll be running a few challenges. Well, they're called challenges, but they're more events this year where I'll do like a three-day online event and basically we'll we'll grab a block and we'll sew it together and learn the details around templates and curved seam allowances, adding seams and stuff like that. And you're showing why I would hand piece. That's so neat that you enjoy that hand piecing and that's important. Mm. And where can people find your business? So you can find me at craftapalooza.com and the same on Instagram at craftapalooza, same with Facebook. And my Pinterest is a bit longer, so I'll, I'll give you a link for that. But that's where you'll find me mainly. Great. And those links will be listed on your episode page, so we can all find those there too. Anything else you wanted to share? Thank you for the time. Thanks. I appreciate it. I so appreciate having you visit with me today. I really enjoy hearing your story. Thanks, Paula. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome, Nick. (laughs) Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com 
or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. Thank you.